Hi guys, welcome back to Horror, Wine, and Crime after the holidays. I hope you guys all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's and all the holidays. Um, I know it's super busy around this time of year. We took some time off to celebrate, um, but we are back and we're ready to, I mean, today's kind of a funny one, but we're starting off light, bringing it back from the holidays. <laughs> Flo, how was your your break? Hey, um, my break was it was good. It was there was food, there was family, there was alcohol. Um, <laughs> so it was it was good. There's even actually some days of relaxing. And now we're back, back again. KK's back. <laughs> Tell a friend. Yes, HWC's back. HWC's back. HWC's back. <laughs> uh, no, so I'm happy to be back. I'm excited to get back into the stories. I um, actually have a fun one I want to talk to you about outside the line. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll put it top secret. <laughs> but no, I'm excited. I'm ready to get back into it. It's the big two four. I feel like two four. This is it. This is gonna be the the comeback kid year. This is yeah. the year. Yes, I'm. I feel good vibes from this year. I'm hoping for the best for everybody. Yes, 2023 was like solid. It was good. You know, wasn't the most amazing, but it wasn't like the worst either question mark better could have been definitely better for me but <laughs> um i feel like this is really going to be the 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 badass what what it's happening where's the beach type year <laughs> i don't know do we want it to be the where's the beach type year that sounds like a messy year <laughs> That means there's a lot of that. That means there's some alcohol nights, which means it's gonna be good. That's true. Okay, <laughs> we'll take it. That's what we're dubbing this year. This is the worst speech year, which means it's gonna be a fine time for relaxing and doing fun things, and not just stressing about school and kids and work and life. And yes, okay, I like it. Where's the beach year? That's what it is. <laughs> um. Today, we're ending off the holiday season by talking about some funny slash bad crimes, but these are all crimes that were committed by bad Santas, aka the, I mean, not real Santa, because real Santa can do no, can do no wrong. But, you know, sometimes Santa needs some helpers who dresses up as him and, like, goes to the mall, goes to the local restaurant, wherever he makes his appearance. Um, but sometimes not the best people dress up as him. Have you ever seen the movie Bad Santa? That's what I'm picturing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Similar similar type of uh, vibes there. <laughs> So, yeah, we're kind of going to go through these. Some are funny. Some are, you know, just hilarious and stupid. And they definitely would fit into our less classlessly or criminal stories kind of categories. Uh, while others are definitely a bit more on the serious side as far as the crimes go. So this list actually comes from the website list verse so shout out to them for providing that um so we're gonna kick it off with bad santa number one so santa hands out free cannabis at buffalo wild wings so this is kind of like a wild santa <laughs> instead of uh, giving away chocolates and candies and presents he's he's giving away the greens <laughs> Okay. So on on January fifth, twenty fifteen, Randy Lange entered a Monterey County, California branch of the restaurant Buffalo Wild Wings. 
And he was determined to distribute some last remnants of holiday cheer. He claimed to be Santa Claus and he brought with him a complete duffel bag that allegedly contained, quote, five football sized amounts of pot weighing in at over two pounds. I know. He was not joking around. So the faux Santa, he got customers around and he told them, oh, Santa's here. I brought some presents. And then he started placing the samples of pot into their confused chicken greased hands. (laughs) Employees also received an unwelcome Christmas bonus when Lange filled their tip jar up with a hefty brick of weed. Oh my gosh, was he just like trying to like get rid of evidence or something? I don't know, like he was really trying to pass out this weed. I don't know if he was just in like a merry mood trying to like spread a spread it to everybody or if something else was going on but unfortunately for him the recipients of his gifts they really were not super thrilled with it i'm sure there were like you know a few people here and there that were like oh hell yeah thank you santa but you know most of the restaurant they just went there to eat they really weren't like there to get a bunch of pot (laughs) so they weren't super thrilled with what was happening and the police were almost immediately called. So when they arrived, Lange was, you know, he was acting calm and polite and everything. Uh, police Sergeant Nick Borges recalls, he said he expected to be arrested for doing this at some point. So it sounded like this wasn't his first time doing this. Um, and the police sergeant says that it was just completely surreal. So Lange was ultimately charged for furnishing marijuana and when police searched his home, they did find another 0.9 kilograms, so two pounds of cannabis. So Buffalo Wild Wings probably wasn't his only stop. Uh, He probably was about to be headed to some other places to pass out some more weed. (laughs) And I like to charge furnishing marijuana. Right. <laughs> he was decorating the place with weed. <laughs> he basically, with how much he was passing out, that's had to have been what it was. But it's just so funny to me that, like, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings didn't hire him to come and be Santa. Like, they weren't like, oh, we're looking to hire a Santa, to, you know, for kids to take pictures with and you know the usual stuff like he just showed up he's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna dress as santa and i'm gonna go to beat ups and i'm gonna pass out all my weed <laughs> instead of bringing his elf on the shelf he showed up with his snoop on the stoop yeah exactly <laughs> i got one of those <laughs> things to like, low. be a stupid mother effer to be giving this away for free like what are you doing that's what i'm wondering i'm like where did he get this did he buy it and just like wanted to be nice and pass it out to people but like it just backfired on him but he he said he like expected to be arrested for it so i don't really know i don't know maybe he smoked a ton of it and then that's where his mind took him that's that's where it told him to go maybe (laughs) oh so yeah that was number one on our list So, bad Santa number two, uh, Santa drugs Berlin's Christmas markets. Another drug Santa. Man, all these druggy Santas. So sad. (laughs) So, I guess in Germany, Christmas is just, like, a huge thing. They go all out for it. Tourists and locals, they all flock to Berlin every December to enjoy some of the best Christmas markets in the world. And in 2011, the custom took a little bit of a darker turn as a man dressed as Santa Claus drugged over a dozen unsuspecting members of the general public. He was dubbed the Schnapps Spiker. 
Uh, so the assailant would approach his victims in like a buoyant mood, most often claiming that he had just become a father and he was offering free drinks in celebration. Now, that would be like, you know, a nice thing if that were kind of the actual case. But these drinks were laced with liquid ecstasy, which obviously if is a popular date rape drug. Um, and soon after ingestion, it often causes people to have vomiting, dizziness, and in a lot of cases, loss of consciousness. Charles Bloom, who was chief of this Alexander Plotz Christmas market, he offered a 1,000 euro reward for anyone who captures the schnapps spiker stating this dirty and cowardly behavior has to be stopped unfortunately it did not lead to an arrest and a year later another drugging had taken place at the berlin marking which was pretty similar to the previous years and the guy had like a lot of striking similarities so they're pretty sure that it's the same guy um, and he has yet to be discovered or caught. So this one is still unsolved. But yeah, the first Santa, he was just like, I feel like he was more jolly with it. You know, he's like, weed for you, weed for you, you know, take it if you want. This guy was just straight up drugging people's drinks. Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit more dangerous. Call me crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, maybe he was trying to find that one vulnerable chick. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And it's weird because it doesn't say anything about, you know, anyone reporting anything happening to them aside from being drugged. So it's like, was he was his whole goal just to be like, Haha, I'm just going to like go and drug a bunch of people for like shits and giggles. Like, because, you know, he didn't do anything. He didn't try to, like, attempt to kidnap anybody or take advantage of anybody. So it's just, like, yeah. he just decided to, like, dress as Santa and, like, drug a bunch of people's drinks. If anything, maybe drug them and then try to, like, pocket pick them? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. It's such a bizarre, uh, bizarre situation. And the fact that it happened two years in a row... Uh, it's pretty sad that they haven't caught the guy. Well, we won't go to Berlin on Christmas. Yeah, avoid the markets of Berlin during Christmas time, even though apparently they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> or at least if you go there, just don't have any drinks or don't like accept any mysterious like celebratory drinks from somebody. <laughs> so number three on our list Santa replies to children's letters with angry cursing. I'm intrigued already. He was a mad, mad Santa. <laughs> so every year, the Canada Post, they run a program where children can write a letter to Santa Claus. And then they will receive a personalized response from him. So by the year 2007, over 15 million letters had been written resulting in a Guinness Book of World Records accreditation for the most letters to Santa ever received and responded to. So that's pretty, like, a big deal. So obviously, once it hits that, more and more people are going to want to do this because the kids want a response from Santa, obviously. So when you're dealing with a program that big, obviously human error in some form is inevitable, uh, you know, little grammar mistakes, uh, different names, issues here and there. Uh, but however, this Santa kind of took it a little bit different than that. So what happened during the 2007 Christmas season was entirely calculated and pretty malicious. So... Ten unfortunate children received responses from Santa that were laced with messages such as, quote, I'm trying not to laugh because this is kind of like, <laughs> this is kind of like mean and sad for the children. So he said, 
low, you might have to take it. I don't know. All right. <clears throat> so, do your best. Do your best angry Santa voice when you quote them. Okay, don't put pressure on. Jeez. Sorry, sorry. I can't even say it, so don't even, don't even yeah. worry. So they were laced with messages such as, this letter is too long, you dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> and your mom sucks dick and your dad is gay, so... <laughs> Oh my gosh. God, mostly true statements in all likelihood, but it's really not Santa's place to say. <laughs> Can you imagine like a little five year old opening that? <laughs> That's so sad. Like, especially Santa if the parents. Say, no, why would you say that, son? Because Santa says you are. I feel like Santa knows all, dad. <laughs> it's so sad because i guarantee most of the parents didn't like you know proofread it before they gave it to the kids because they probably were not expecting this especially from it coming to from the canada post you know a credible source they're not gonna think anything like that happens but um yeah some guy was super angry apparently writing these letters back to these children so, in response to the scandal, uh, Canada Post released a statement indicating that they were doing everything that they could to track down the bad Santa culprit, um, whom they believe to be one rogue elf. <laughs> um, and as it turned out, it was a group of miners who, I guess, apparently got access to the some of the festive letters that the kids were like writing so they took it upon themselves to reply just being straight up grinches you know Even it's like wasn't that heartless i know it's like it's sad but at the same time i if i was the parent i would save that letter <laughs> just to like laugh about it one day with my kid be like, look what Santa wrote you. <laughs> so horrible. Well, so number do they not? They didn't say if they know who it actually was or not. Oh, well, it was a group of teenagers. I don't know how many or what not. No, but, but I mean, like if they knew exactly what teenagers did it, or if they're just saying like, "Hey, a bunch of oh, you know what I mean?" Like, yeah, that's true. Because that was the Canada Post saying that. So who knows, like, what the true story was behind that. It's a bummer. I know. So, number four, Santa steals a helicopter. On Friday, November 27th, 2015, a man in full Santa costume, he arrived at Campo de Marte Airport in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and he was looking to hire a helicopter. They say hire a helicopter. I feel like like rent one or something. Because like, what does that even mean? Hire a helicopter? Hire <laughs> like a pilot to take them from. Take it over, yeah. Um. So it was the start of the Christmas shopping season. You know, it was the end of November. Everybody's getting prepared for Christmas. Um, and more specifically, it was Brazilian Black Friday, which I didn't even know that was a thing, but that's when they celebrate their Black Friday. So when asked by the helicopter's pilot why he wanted to rent a helicopter, the Santa imposter, he just stated that he wanted to create a surprise to mark the special day. Very vague, kind of like mysterious response. Um, which I, if I was the pilot, I would be like, I need more information, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, he indeed surprised the pilot, he was very overwhelmingly surprised when his red robed customer revealed a weapon and instructed him to fly to a farm far away from the city. So Santa became a hijacker, um, and there the hijacker, hijacker rendezvoused with an accomplice, and the duo proceeded to tie the pilot up. 
They then made their getaway in their newly acquired chopper. It took several hours for the pilot to free himself, which is good in any ways that he could even, like, free himself at all. Um, but at that point, the police were already informed of the hijacking. Uh, the helicopter, as well as its two occupants, seemingly vanished into thin air. So they never found it, which is just insane to me. Um, and the author of this hilariously writes, best case scenario is they find themselves at the North Pole. <laughs> you would think, like... <laughs> Most airplanes have some kind of low jack on it. Like, you know where it's at at all times. Like That's what I thought. Like, and this was 2015. That is like a, is known for tourists and like travel or whatever. Like, seriously, you don't have any way of finding the helicopter. Like, if your employee decides to go rogue, they just get to keep it. Like, yeah, like, that's what I'm wondering. Like. I feel like either because this was 2015, like they obviously had good technology by then where they had like locators and stuff like that. So I think either. I don't know, they crashed and they just like never found it or like the the Santa and whoever he was with knew what they were doing and like maybe they knew how to like disengage it or like, maybe I don't know. On the inside who let them go like, oh, it's just gone. True. Yeah. Well, an inside job but yeah santa santa decided to ditch the sleigh and reindeer that night he wanted he wanted to deliver presents on a helicopter <laughs> so number five hoboken santa con leads to nine arrests and 70 summonses so since its beginning, it's the start of it, which was in 1998, the annual Hoboken SantaCon pub crawl, uh, I guess, has created a large amount of problems for the city of New York, which I have never even heard of this. I don't know if you have. Like, no, I haven't. Like SantaCon sounds familiar, but I feel like they have multiple SantaCons, but apparently this is just specifically the Hoboken one, which is really big. But apparently they've had tons of issues in the past. Um, again, in 2015, now I have to point out, Santa was going rogue in 2015 because this is our third out of fifth <laughs> stories that took place in 2015. So I don't know what was happening up in the North Pole that year, but Santa was going nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, it went extra crazy in Hoboken in 2015 because like I had said it had led to nine arrests and 70 summonses for various drunk and disorderly offenses so the event starts during the day and it carries on long into the night and it consists solely of people dressed up as Christmas characters uh, which obviously there's not that many Christmas characters, I feel like, to dress up as. So, majority of people go as Santa Claus. So, SantaCon's North American roots, they are in San Francisco, where there's definitely a much gentler vibe there. Whereas, the New York chapter has had reoccurring problems with violence and theft all throughout the years. Um, and I guess, apparently, there's a fair amount of public urination, too. And it's all enough to make an eight-year-old's head explode. <laughs> so organizers, they argue that the event does more good than bad for the city. And they donate large chunks of the profits to worthy causes. Um, but Hoboken Police Chief Kenneth Ferrante says that SantaCon is an unnecessary, unsanctioned event and that the charity donations don't even justify the people that go to Hoboken and put other visitors and residents at risk. So that's a lot of bad Santas in one night, you know, nine arrests and 70 people being summoned. So that one wasn't really one specific bad Santa. It just was like... A bunch of Santas going rogue. 
Can we please stop peeing all over New York? Okay. I would love that because <laughs> I love I love New York, but there are some areas where you can just tell Santa has marked his territory, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you can just smell it sometimes. <laughs> uh, oh. Our number six Santa, he robs a KFC drive through Oh, the colonel. I know. How disrespectful. <laughs> so this took place in Derbyshire, England. Uh, and it took place on the night of December 19th. Guess what year, Lo? I'm going to go out on a limb and say 2015. It's just coming to me. I, f I feel it. So weird that you would guess that. I have no idea what would make you even think of that. Yeah, 2015. Like, guys, what was going on this year? <laughs> so a man, obviously dressed up as Santa Claus, he decided to climb through the drive through window of a KFC restaurant. Now, in lieu of a white curly beard was a black ski mask or pair of stockings that was hiding the culprit's identity. Yet, in considerable dedication for his chosen gimmick, he did still sport a red Santa hat, robe, and pants, which is so random. Like, you're going to go rob a KFC and you decide to dress up as Santa? Like, way to draw attention to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's yeah, just so bizarre. Exactly inconspicuous. <laughs> no, like, I don't understand. So this bed Santa, he stuffed all the money that was in the cash register into a sack that he brought with him. And he forced the staff at knife point to open the store's safe. Derbyshire police offered a pretty unhelpful description of him saying that the man wore a red hat, red trousers, and a red jacket and had his face covered. So basically everyone who dressed up as Santa Claus was a suspect. Um, and definitely doesn't really narrow the field too much considering this took place in December and the amount of Santa Clauses walking around probably uh, didn't really clear it up for them. It's uh, I guess it's unknown how much money was taken from the store. Uh, I don't know how they don't know that but it wasn't recorded but um they say it was probably enough for a pretty decent christmas dinner <laughs> did you imagine you know, all the frozen drumsticks too honestly he had he brought his whole sack he could have fit all the biscuits in there i want to say though i do like their snack wraps they got some good snack wraps there mm, i haven't tried those i'll have to try it just so funny like I've never thought about I mean not that I've ever like considered robbing anything but like when you think of like robbing something people say oh rob a bank or like a store or like you know something like that not like a KFC it's so random it makes me wonder if it was like somebody who worked there and like kind of knew because like I didn't know KFC had a safe who freaking knew well, I mean, most places probably do. I mean, you got oh. <laughs> transactions. I don't know. That's true. But I just always pictured just the cash register. Yeah. So I'm just the dummy, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, you know, it wasn't me, guys. <laughs> it wasn't me there. Nope. Crystal said it. If she's going to do it, she's going to the bank. She's going big, going big or going home. Yeah, exactly. I want a full-on charge. <laughs> Our next one is a little more serious. And not that the other weren't other few weren't serious, but this one uh resulted in a death. So Santa beats a suspected chocolate thief to death with a two by four. I don't mean to laugh. So this is going to escalate quickly. 
yeah it's just like that 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 title is just it, it's like wow okay so we're taking it back don't worry this isn't in 2015 <laughs> um on december 10th of 2004 Elkin Clark was dressed up as Santa Claus and was selling boxes of Hershey Hershey chocolates in downtown Atlanta. Uh, According to Clark, he was putting up with the customer from hell and is quoted as saying, she was stealing my stuff. I asked 10 to 15 times not to touch my stuff. In his contention that the elderly woman took 29 boxes of candy from him, which apparently was valued at $145. So that's what he's saying. But however, there was no evidence of her theft. Eyewitnesses that were around, they account largely focused on Clark just flipping out for absolutely no reason, saying that he picked up a large board And started smashing the woman in the back of the head with it. Two local university students attempted to run over to to protect this old woman. Um, And meanwhile, Clark just kept hitting the woman. He hit her twice more while she was laying on the ground. Now, she didn't immediately die. But obviously, she had injuries and issues from this. Um, and was struggling and just a month later the woman did end up dying from her injuries now clark attempted to have his charges reduced on the grounds that the woman who was 74 years old um, he says you know she died due to underlying health problems and because she was 74 however his appeal was unsuccessful because obviously he just beat her with a piece of two by four wood a month prior so i think that that probably had some connection clark you and clark? Are you serious clark? oh my gosh so good but yeah like there's no evidence i don't know if she was actually trying to steal all that chocolate from him regardless she's an old woman don't beat her with a plank of wood you know what i mean like even if she's trying to steal your chocolate like even if she was maybe she had dementia or maybe she just was really craving some chocolate i don't know but like you really shouldn't beat someone over yeah and the fact that she was in her mid-70s like she wasn't some punk-ass kid you know and the fact that he didn't even feel bad about it because he's, like, trying to appeal it, being like, nah, she just died because she was old. Like, no, dude, you just beat her in the head a month prior. So I think that that probably had something to do with it. And if you're in your 70s, maybe not mess with crazy people. I mean, leave your chocolate alone. Let them do their thing. Just yeah. go to 7-Eleven and buy a Hershey bar. Right. Or, like, even just, like, if you're really, really that serious about getting some chocolate, like just ask super nicely. You're like a cute old person. I'm sure somebody will give you some chocolate. If a cute old person came up, if they came up to me and was saying they really wanted chocolate, like I would get it for them. I wouldn't beat them with a two by four. But I'm not a bad Santa, so. Um, number eight. Also a little bit more dark. Santa stabs a community leader during nativity celebrations. Like how evil can you get? So Gabriel Cadis, he was the chairman of the Jaffa Orthodox Church Association in Israel. Um, and the annual Christmas procession that took place in downtown Jaffa was largely organized by his group. Uh, apparently that fact also made him a target just because he was the chairman. He was the, the main guy there. 
So on January 6th, 2012, during the Nativity of Jesus celebrations outside of a local church, a man dressed as Santa Claus approached Cadus from behind and repeatedly jammed a knife into his back. Cadus's last words before collapsing were simply, I've been stabbed. He was rushed to the hospital where he died from his injuries. And apparently six different people were arrested in connection to this murder. Um, and I, I apologize if I don't say this name correctly, but it included Talal Abu Maneh, which was one of Kadi's rivals for the chair of Jaffa Church Association. Um, and apparently Kadis had beaten him twice in the election so i guess he was just very disgruntled and upset that he didn't win the election but honestly if you're gonna like stab someone over that then you really shouldn't be the chairman of a church like you know what i mean i think that they voted correctly um and a local there said that the murderer hadn't just killed Cadis, but also killed our Christmas joy and killed the human and spiritual values embodied by Father Christmas who makes children happy on Christmas Eve. That's so sad. Like they're just having their church Christmas ceremony like going over like the nativity scene and everything. Like that man's going straight to hell. (laughs) Like, no doubt about it. You know, go to not collect $200, sir. <laughs> um, when we were on our way to my mom's house on Christmas, there was a protest on 75 of everyone from, like, Palestine and Israel. And, and it was saying, basically, they were holding out white flags and they were but they were blocking traffic. Like they wouldn't let people get off on exits. And they, there was like rows and rows of cars. And it was saying, please stop the bombing, peace, blah, blah, blah. Which I get it. Like, I don't want there to be bombing either. But one, you're not helping your case. It's Christmas Day and you're stopping a lot of people from getting to where they want to be. And two, like... If anything, we're not the ones that are bombing you. If anything, we are the ones that are going to go and help resurrect all this. Yeah, that's kind of a weird Um, tactic on their part. Pat was saying it was probably just because it was Christmas. And if they got enough attention, it'd be on the news and then, it would, you know, whatever. But I was like, yes, but this is the wrong day to do it because everybody's in wanting to be somewhere with their kids and eat and presents and family and so finally, um, police were called apparently because you've seen cops like race up trying to stop it. And we finally got to the part where we could get over. Now a car tried to get over to block Pat from getting off on the exit, but Pat's truck was bigger and yeah. we finally went around him and got off the expressway and then got back on at the next entrance ramp and we were as a free ride but it was just crazy and i'm like i understand the sadness and i understand like what their home family is going through but i'm like dude like you're gonna end up pissing more people off than doing good by doing it this way you know yeah on this day in this time you know like definitely wrong way to go about that i never understood that like blocking traffic like when protesters do that because i'm like if you want someone for your cause don't make them like mad at you they're not going to be for your cause if you're like trying to make them mad at you you know what i mean and like you said you're you're not the one bombing like why are they blocking you and it's like not to sound insensitive but there are still racist people out there Mm -hmm. and you're on a freeway like you're taking a chance of causing a lot more violence if you tick off the wrong person. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Like road rage is real, dude. Like oh yeah, it's super real. And like you said, if they came across the wrong person, like 
they probably were just doing so much more harm. There was like miles and miles of cars doing this. It was oh. really weird. Oh my gosh. Wow. I didn't hear about that. That's yeah. yeah, that's a little a little crazy. Like, yes, I support their what they're saying and their cause, but definitely not the right way to go about it. Yeah. So take note, protesters don't do that. <laughs> Um, next we have Santa's fist fight with a teenager causes a crowd of children to cry how dramatic so this was in December of the year 2000 during a Christmas display entitled Santa Sails In which was held in the seaside town of Great Yarmouth England a 35-year-old man dressed as Santa got into a fight with the teenager. So the longest-lasting damage wasn't either of the fight's participants, but it was to the crowd of confused children who just all burst into tears as Santa was led away in handcuffs. <laughs> Although the Santa impersonator had been a part of the official show, there was a main Santa riding in a sleigh. So that kind of helped explain some of the carnage to uh, some of the children who were very confused about it. For their part, the police attempted to calm the situation by taking some of the most traumatized children down to the station in order to show they arrested an imposter. They're like, look, this isn't even Santa. We didn't arrest Santa. <laughs> and they also released a statement saying, sometime after Santa's sleigh arrived, another man wearing a Santa Claus costume became involved in a dispute that led to a scuffle. <laughs> so they were really helping the children out to uh, not make them think that they legitimately arrested Santa. They said that Norfolk police are certain that the real Santa would not approve of people's behaving in this way. And of course, he will continue his pre-Christmas visits and delivery of gifts everywhere on Christmas Day. <laughs> the fake Santa received a police caution and was subsequently released back into the community. But Honestly, I could see how that would be a little traumatizing for children thinking Santa's fist fighting with some teenager and then all of a sudden gets taken away in handcuffs <laughs> and they're supposed to get their Christmas presents the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... that's a rough one, kids. That's a rough one. My favorite part about that one is that they took the time to write like such a specific statement two children to just be like you're still getting your gifts don't worry everything's fine <laughs> can you imagine like how many like mom and dad now have to be like how do we spin this <laughs> right like how do you i don't even know it, like it said it was good that there was another santa there so then they could be like that guy was just pretending to be santa like that wasn't even him <laughs> Because yeah. if he was the only one there, that probably would have made things a lot more uh, confusing to try to explain to them. So our number 10 on the list is the Covina Massacre. And no doubt this is the darkest crime on the list. Now, if the title didn't already seem really, like dark and eerie it definitely will now uh so buckle up so in covina which is a suburb of los angeles on christmas eve 2008 bruce jeffrey pardo he went on a killing spree the targets of his rage were his ex-wife and her family um he, I guess, learned of the finalization of their divorce a week prior, which just apparently set him off. And he decided to just, like, go nuts on her and the family. So he knocked on the door of his former in-law's house wearing full Santa attire. Wait, pause. Did you tell this story? Or no? 
Okay, this is kind of similar to the one that you told. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I don't remember telling this one. Okay. It just gave similar vibes to, I feel like, one you told last Christmas, so I just wanted to make sure it wasn't the same one. So he knocked on the door of his former in-law's house in full Santa attire. Um, And in his hands were a wrapped gift. And in that gift, it contained various weapons. So as the daughter of his former sister-in-law approached him, you know, she was super excited, anticipating a visit from Santa. She was walking up to him and he shot her in the face. Luckily, she survived, but nine others didn't. Um, Most of them appeared to have died from gunshot wounds as Pardo immediately sprayed the crowd of 25 people that were there with bullets from semi-automatic handguns. The youngest victim there was 17 and was confirmed to have died in a fire that Pardo started with a homemade flamethrower. So this got like intense and like super horrible very quickly because there were a lot of people at this party and he just wanted to like kill all of them. That was like what his goal was. So in Pardo's possession was $17,000 in cash and a plane ticket to Canada because he, I guess, was intending to escape after doing this. And authorities believed that he burned himself so badly enough that his plans just had to change because by the time he left the Christmas Eve party, his Santa suit was partially melted like into his body like that's how bad it was so he then decided to drive to his brother's house where he ultimately shot himself he had removed his santa suit and left it in his car which became like a booby trap to trigger an explosion when it was inspected and although he improvised the bomb and it worked nobody thankfully was hurt from it um but yeah that one was a pretty dark twisted one and definitely like the absolute worst one on the list and all over all over like divorce finalization you know what i mean like he obviously knew he was getting divorced but like he just was mad that she was finalizing it and why take it out on everybody at the party not that he should have even just taken out on her, but like, you know what I mean? Like, why kill so many innocent people that have nothing to do with your marriage? Yeah, no, I get that. Because you can't fix crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of the story. I don't can't remember the name because it's been a while ago in my memory and we've done so many stories. But I think you're thinking of one. It was almost maybe even two years ago I did it. It was the Thanksgiving one where he showed up at the house and he was uninvited or he wasn't even invited. He just kind of, but then they were like, oh, well, let him just stay. He is family. And then he ended up killing like his parents and I think his brother or sister or something. And then he went upstairs and he took out the little girl in the bed. Yes. Yep. That's. That's definitely the one that I was thinking of at first. Something I believe I can't remember. Yeah, that was a that was a Thanksgiving massacre. That was very terrible. That one was a hard one to do. I didn't like doing that one when it came to the little girl sleeping in her bed. Yeah, because it's just like unnecessary and cruel to those people, and then all of these people at this party that literally had nothing to do with his marriage and his divorce and he just decided to you know take the lives of so many people and injure so many people and then he ends up killing himself in the end and it's just like what was any of that for i know like, it's terrible it just left a trail of despair behind and just ruined people's christmas for the rest of their lives yeah because then every single year that christmas rolls around that's what they're going to be thinking of Yep. 
just selfish. So that was the 10 that were on the list. I do have a bonus one that I had to throw in because this one is pretty crazy as well. Um, so this is going to be the bonus one, the last one that we talk about today. And it is the Great Santa Claus Robbery of 1927. <laughs> so during the Great Depression, Marshall Ratliff he was active as a prolific bank robber living in Texas. So he was robbing banks, not KFCs like the other Santa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, this was in the 20s. So I feel like in the 20s, it was 10 million times easier to rob banks than it is today. <laughs> um, but after being paroled from a long sentence because he did get caught, he found himself jobless and, you know, just in a desperate need of cash. So although Ratliff, you know, his urges were brewing, he wanted to go rob a bank again. Uh, his notoriety was such that if he showed his face in his hometown of Cisco, he would obviously be recognized because people just knew who he was. He was the bank robber. So he was like, okay, I got to disguise myself. I got to figure something out. And he and three other people that he was conspiring with. They planned to dress him as Santa Claus. The robbery was scheduled by the group to take place on December 23rd. So obviously this was a time where wearing a Santa Claus costume wouldn't be perceived as like an unusual behavior. So on the day of the robbery, Ratliff entertained groups of eager children on the way to the bank you know, patted them on the head, kind of talked to them as he was walking past. Uh, and some children were just like so excited because, oh my gosh, Santa's on the street. They began to just follow him and they even walked into the bank behind him. It was at that point when Ratliff's three conspirators, they charged in and they took out their pistols and they ordered staff onto the floor. The robbers then forced the manager to open a safe and the main vault, and they managed to cram over $150,000 in cash and securities into Santa's sack, which especially back then, I mean, $150,000 is a lot today, but especially back in the 20s, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of money. Um. However, the gang didn't count on, uh, you know, coming across a woman and her six-year-old daughter who were inside of the bank at the time of the robbery. The mother burst out of the door screaming uncontrollably despite the orders to stay on the floor and remain silent. So this alerted police to the robbery and they surrounded the bank with guns prompting uh, a subsequent shootout and after taking two young girls hostage the four bandits made their getaway in a stolen car but not before shooting two police officers dead at the scene one of the bank robbers was also fatally wounded in the shootout and he did die in the getaway car yeah, so at this point, the manhunt was the largest that was ever seen in Texas at the time. Eventually, the trio were ambushed and captured by police in another shootout, which in that case, all three of the robbers were shot down. Um, and despite their wounds, they did all survive and were able to stand trial. And this included... Mr. Santa Claus himself, uh, Ratliff, who suffered no less than six gunshot wounds. Yikes. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, so one of the robbers was executed while another was sentenced to life imprisonment. And Ratliff was given the death sentence, but he attempted to appeal and filed for a lunacy hearing. And... When the angry citizens of the area heard this, they stormed the prison where Ratliff was held, and they ended up, like, hanging him 
between two telephone poles and like he died. Oh my gosh. I I know. Isn't that like insane? And I guess his last words were a plea for forgiveness and mercy. But like the fact that like a bunch of people were so mad that they stormed the prison and were able to kill him. Like that's just so crazy. Like that would never happen today. Could they not give like the judge and the system a chance to say like, Hey, we denied him. He will be in prison. It's okay. Like, right. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure they probably would have denied him, especially considering he had already been in prison before for a bank robbery. But, like, they just were so mad that they didn't even give that a chance. They were like, nope, we're going to kill him. <laughs> and they did. So, um, and then also a bizarre fact. So fast forward to 2009, another bank was robbed by a man dressed as Santa Claus. Um, and he was apparently trying to make a copycat crime. During the robbery, the man told bystanders that uh, he needed money to pay his elves. <laughs> so <laughs> he was trying to replicate it, but uh, didn't exactly go the same way. But yeah, those were some some bad Santas we visited today. <laughs> some naughty Santas. Well... If anything, by the end of the stories and day and chapter, Crystal managed to make me fear any Santa that I pass in Christmas time now, from now on. See, that wasn't my intention. Well, that's what you be cautious. Heard, I'm going to be skeptical of every Santa Claus now. Like, Well, it's better to be cautious than at me, completely like, trusting. Up. You better back up. You better back up i got some mace bro so (laughs) just look out we learned don't accept any drinks from santa claus um don't file for divorce around christmas time don't go into a bank where anybody dressed as santa don't go to kfc around christmas time and if you're a santa listening and you see me in the streets you better know that I've been practicing Kung Fu in the back of the Walmart Super Center. <laughs> She's ready for you. So you better stop talking smack. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have to end it there. That's perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, thank you, Lo. Karma is a cat. Lowe's got the commentary, guys. She really does. Sorry. I like me some Swifty. I like my daughter's got me on the it took me a while, but I caught up. I I'm I'm, I'm there. Hey, I'm right there with you, so we stand in uh, solidarity with that. <laughs> but yeah, guys, that wraps up our uh That'll be probably our final Christmas story, I think. I think we uh, were past due, but thought that we'd throw that one in there because it was just a funny, well, funny slash sad, depending on which story you're talking about. Yes, but we will be back next week. I have kind of a cool story in mind. It's going to be a little bit more lighter, more interesting, and hopefully you guys would be like, badass. I'm glad you told it. So we'll see. I'm always like that. So, <laughs> so I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> so, all right. Well, it's almost past my bedtime. It's the first week back for work and I'm like dragging ass trying to get back in the groove of things. I feel you. So Crystal's going to put a word in though to her boss that she needs an assistant and I'm going to come and spend eight hours a day at Crystal's um, getting her coffee and taking her dog outside and just watering her plants and (laughs) doing whatever I need to do to help Crystal's life easier while she works. I mean, I'm, 
I am all on board for this. That sounds amazing. And, you know, I can pitch it, but my my grumpy people at my work, I don't know if they'll go for that. Okay. Well, let me know. I'll give it a shot. Office, you just need the assistant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, my ass needs to go to bed. Watch your backs by Santa Claus. And, uh, yeah, stay safe. And we got to go. Stay safe. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye.